Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you my newfound friend and inspiration, Eric Nevins. He is the founder and director of the Facebook group I was just invited to, which is Christian Podcasters Association. Eric, tell us a little bit about your podcast, your ministry, and your family. Let's start with your family first, and then we'll get into the legacy questions later. All right. right. Well, thanks, Sue. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, My family. So I live in Denver, Colorado. Uh, We've been here about, I guess, 16 years. So right, we moved a week after the 2004 election. That's how I remember. but uh, yeah, 2004. So we're, um, you know, we have been married for 23 years. My wife, who I think of, you know, Charlie Brown was always chasing the cute redhead. I think of her as the cute redhead. Uh, but, uh, Yay for I, redheads. That's right. I got to marry her. Um, <laughs> we have four kids. Our oldest just left for college this semester, oh. which is a weird time to go to college, right? It so is. she's like uh, dealing with all that. And then we have a high schooler. Uh, so we have a girl and three boys. We have a high schooler, we have a middle schooler, and we have a grade schooler. So we're dealing with all the grades in school right now, trying to manage and parent through those. Are they all on sports teams as well or no? No, you know, we're not really sportsy people, which is mm-hmm. okay. I'm a, you can see I'm wearing my Cardinals gear, World yeah. Series champions, 2006. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I, we love baseball and yeah. we, I, that's a thing that we do. My dad comes out every time oh, St. Louis wow. Cardinals are in town. Uh, that's a family thing, but we don't do any of the kind of running around. I don't know how parents do that stuff where they're running around, taking all the kids to sports things and whatnot. Yep, it's hard. Maybe my kids are going to miss something because of that, but boy, I we're, we're kind of all introverts, so it's okay. Yeah, I think that's just fine. So how did you, what's your ministry or your business or just yeah. tell us about yourself? Yeah, so uh, in 2016, I started my podcast called Halfway There, which really covers the spiritual journey. And I noticed um, about a year into that, that there were no Facebook groups for Christian podcasters. And so I started this group called Christian Podcasters Association in 2017. And for a long time, we just grew kind of steadily and, and slowly. And I enjoyed it. I love encouraging podcasters uh, to, to take their message and their, and their, their voice and stop letting other people tell them what they're allowed to say and go and share their message uh, with the world. Uh, but it's recently just become actually a business. I turned it into a, into a membership. So we have a, everybody can come to the Facebook group for free, but then we have paid memberships. Um, and so that people can come in and, and kind of spend time with them, uh, helping them uh, podcasters like you get, you know, get better. Kind of, Oh, yeah, get better, hone their skills, yeah. and get to the place. You know, we all, people don't know podcasting can be expensive. We're paying for hosting. We're paying for websites. We're paying for all kinds of things. And so most of us, our dream is at least to pay for the podcast, if not to, you know, eventually move into it full time. And so I want to help people do that. I have a couple of questions. Why is podcasting so popular now? I've been having people ask me to do podcasts for a couple of years. I didn't even know what it was because I'm a talker and a communicator. And so it fell naturally into my lap eventually. Why is it so popular now? And if one of my listeners is thinking, boy, I'd like to podcast, can they join this group even if they don't have a podcast as yet? Absolutely. So if you go to just search Christian Podcasters Association on Facebook, you'll find the group. 
you can request to join and all you have to do is say, I ask a question, do you have a podcast currently? <clears throat> if you say, not yet, but I want to start one, then we'll let you in. If mm-hmm. you just say, no, I don't have a podcast, we might wonder, right? And so then yeah. that, don't do that, but just say that you want to start one. Um, I think podcasting is really popular right now because uh, people have time for one. It's very niche. And so you get very uh, specific kinds of information, right? About uh, in each show, a good podcast is going to be focused on one topic. Like mine is a spiritual journey. Yours is legacy. And so, you know, we, if you're interested in that topic, you can do that, but it's also on demand. And this is the one thing about radio, right? Like I love certain radio hosts, I never catch them because they're on at a time that I'm doing stuff that I need oh. to work or whatever. But you know what? If they're on YouTube, I can, I can listen to them on YouTube or if they have a podcast, I can get on the podcast and listen to it on demand when I'm making lunch or doing the dishes or making dinner or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing is people, most people listen to podcasts around the house, right. not in the car like I would have thought. So. Mm-hmm. I find I listen to it when I'm walking the dog. Yeah. Or, or baking if I don't have to pay too much attention to the recipe. I can really mess things up if I'm trying to do too many multitasking things, even though I'm pretty good at it. Uh, so as far as legacy, what do you want the, the people around you to remember you for? Not that you have to wait till you're dead or old. That's the whole point of my legacy podcast is that we are living a legacy right now. So what legacy are you living right now that you think or you would hope you would be remembered for, Eric? Yeah, if there's one message that I could leave to my friends, my family, and maybe to the world at large, it would be to find yourself in Christ. And so I, uh, I've really been on this journey of trying to discover the journey of, of what it's like. And I think this is a very particular and neglected part of the spiritual journey. Um, no matter where you, where you start, we all eventually have to find out who we are. And I feel like self kind of gets a bad rap in most Christian circles. That really does kind of bug me because we all have selves. You mean like self-care, too much self-care? Is that what you mean? Self-care or sometimes you'll hear like people talk very negative about being, um, knowing who you are or being uh, your own kind of person. And I, I just think God made you, God made me to have, he gave us certain gifts. He wants us to use them. He wants us to, to, uh, impact the world and be kind to other people with the gifts that he's given to us. Uh, but we can't do that if you don't know what they are, right? So let me go back to your very first answer. To find yourself in Christ, that's what I wrote down. Is that what you said? Yeah, and, what, and what do you mean? What I mean is uh, that we all, you, you, have a, you have a self and that yourself, finding who you really are is found not only in Christ, but also because of Christ, right? So you are a, I don't know, maybe I'm not being clear about that. Um, well, let's say someone's not a Christian and they're listening to you. What yeah. would they, why would they even think about that? Well, maybe somebody who's not a Christian wouldn't. And so for them, that journey, they're going to have to go through the, the other part of the journey, which is finding Christ, the journey of finding Christ. You're going to have to go through the journey of learning Christ and, and getting all these free. I don't know how it was for you, but for me, that was in, uh, as a kid going to church and getting a Bible training as in college, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, learning the ways of Jesus. And then you, what tends to happen from there is people hit this, um, sometimes it's called the spiritual desert, sometimes it's called a wall, where we have to question, we question some of those things and God actually takes out some of the stuff that we thought we were about and reveals to us who we actually are. 
Mm. Is that always the process? Does someone always have to go through a process of taking out who we thought we were? Is that just part of maturing? Well, yeah, I do. I think it's maturing in Christ and probably just in life, right? Yeah, right. Totally. But I think it's the suffering that does that. I mean, you can see this all over scripture. (laughs) It's the suffering that does that. Isn't it? Have you found that true? Oh, it's totally. In fact, uh, I think it's finding myself who I am in Christ. I'm 68, so I should know myself in Christ by now, right? But it's a continual stripping away of who I thought I was because we automatically, the default seems to be to depend upon ourselves. You find that to be true? And then life strips that away. Absolutely. Yeah. Life will, you know, kind of take those things out of us. So I, John of the cross in his book, dark night of the soul talks about this and he goes through the seven deadly sins of kind of what, how they, you know, how God uses whatever these different things are. It can be all kinds of things. Somebody dies or just you lose a job or whatever. There's all kinds of stuff that can cause us to question whether or not God is good um, and whether or not he loves us. But yeah, those things, he takes those things out of us. I think a lot for a lot of people, uh, for Christians, especially that what I call the learning Christ stage where we're going to church, we're reading our Bible, we're doing the, doing all the disciplines or all the things that we think we're supposed to be doing. The first time you run into a situation where it feels like God doesn't come through and you're like, Hey, what's that about? Right. I was doing my part. You're supposed to do, do part, your part. Yeah. What's going on. Yeah. I'm supposed to have a good life now. That that's the moment <laughs> for most of us where it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I was relating to God rightly because I was doing all the right stuff, but really he wants my heart. And there's a difference there. Can you um, share an illustration of how that happened in your life? Oh yeah. hundred percent. So, um, you know, for me, for instance, I spent nine years getting a three year degree. <laughs> <laughs> because you had four children. Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. So we, I, it took me that long to get a, my, Master of Divinity at Denver Seminary started. It's a longer story, but we we took a long time. I was working full time. I was going to school full time, and I had two young kids. And I was trying to do ministry besides all that, right? right and it was right. it was really hard because I thought I was called to be a pastor. Oh. I graduated at the bottom of the downturn in two thousand nine, which meant that many of the jobs that uh, would normally have been available weren't available. And so I ended up working in the financial industry for nine more years after oh, that. Wow. Oh. And it, I was miserable. I was, it was awful. There were so many ups and, and downs during that time. I thought that I questioned whether or not I ever should have gone to seminary, whether God did anything, you know, whether that was worthwhile. Um, and then, or whether I was doing anything good, right? And then I discovered podcasting. I changed jobs and I had to kind of entertain myself. I was bouncing people's checks, which let me just tell you, bouncing people's checks for a living leaves a little scar on your soul, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was, it was this, I, was, I discovered podcasting. So I was trying to entertain myself and I listened to all these amazing business podcasts and it inspired me to think about starting my own show. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, as I figured that out, I was like, well, what kind of impact do I want to make? Well, I really would love to tell the whole story of the spiritual journey, not just the part about when I was growing up, it, the story was my life was terrible. Now my, then I found Jesus and now my life is great, right? Right. Which as you know, is wonderful, except for all the other things that happen in life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so I wanted to tell the whole story of what that was, including this parts that we talked about, the dark night of the soul and the maturing And, you know, I've been privileged to talk to some people who are even beyond that into the sort of loving like Jesus stage, I would call Mm -hmm. 
Um, Do you are you ever afraid to broach the subject of the dark night of the soul with someone who is still there? Oh man, that's a good question. I'm not. I, I don't really. That doesn't bother me. I think um, it can be hard to walk with somebody through that. But really, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, those people don't need anything from us. When people are in that stage, they don't need anything from you beyond just listening, right? Mm-hmm. Just asking a question. So, you know, asking what do you think God is up to? And then people will say sometimes, I don't know that he's up to anything, you know? Okay. Wow. That's okay. And you have to be okay with that. Like you mm-hmm. got to be secure enough in what you believe about who God is to hear those kinds of things and let them be there. Cause they're only going to grow if they are there for a while. What's the difference between what you say or how you view yourself in your podcast and, and in real life with people alongside of people in real life is what I'm trying to say. Uh, between you and a uh, a therapist. Oh man, are these questions too hard this morning? <laughs> oh, good, I like it. I like it. You're making me think, so that's a good thing. Um, so what I do, particularly on my show, is more what I would call spiritual direction. Okay, spiritual direction is different than therapy in the sense that therapy is going to go back, look through all of your your stuff, and then kind of help you make make sense of it. Um, and then maybe find a way forward. Spiritual direction is looking for where is God in all those things, right? Mm. What, what's he doing? How is he with you? How is, how is he shaping you? Um, and then making, maybe making connections to where you are to, today. So. so if someone would come to you and said, Eric, I hear what you do, and I'd like to have coffee, uh, and you sit down, and then they just ask you, where, how can I find God in my life? I've known him my whole life they might say, if they're willing to admit that, but I don't really find him. Can you give me some spiritual direction? What would you say? I mean, besides, you know, well, do you have a quiet time? Are you going to church regularly? Are you in a growth group? Blah, blah, blah. Are you memorizing scripture? What do you say that will really connect? What have you found? Let's put it this way. What have you found in your experience that connects best to the, to the true seeker of God? Mm. Well, I would do two things. So the first one is I would start asking some questions about uh, their life and kind of getting them to tell me their story. So that's what I do on Halfway There. I have people <laughs> go through their whole story. And I would start do probably just do that. And okay. as, as we talk about what their spiritual climate was like growing up, where did they first find God? You know, um, where, where did they first kind of question God? Where did they... Um, where were moments when God provided for them when they didn't expect it, right? There's all, there's all these kinds of questions. You can I like that asking. question. You asked that on the Facebook Yeah, today. I, yeah. yeah, that's been my something. And you know why I do that? Because I, I think it's encouraging, right? If you go and look. Very encouraging. One of my friends, um, Nancy Bilek, shared a story. Her husband went on, I think it was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And oh like, won, won enough money to buy them a new van. They needed a van, didn't know how they were going to get it. God wow. used a game show to provide for them. Right? <laughs> how cool is that? That's encouraging. I do that because I think, yeah, hearing those stories is is wonderful. And so I think that's true for a person, like you suggested, sitting Mm -hmm. in front of me. Let's talk through it. Let's find it. The other thing I recommend is that they take a look at the practice of Lectio Divina, which is a meditation practice um, of taking scripture and just meditating on it over and over and over again. Hmm. I think it's also very helpful. I found that really valuable. I think for me... Um, for instance, I'll just give an example. I, I was doing Lectio on um, 
this little passage, Mark 1, 40 through 45. It's about a leper who comes to Jesus and says, if you are uh, willing, you can make me clean. Mm-hmm. And so then coming back to that over and over and over again, and Jesus response, what does that mean? And then just having to ask myself, you know, one, one day during uh, communion at my church, but when we still were going to live church, right? right. Um, I'm sitting there and I'm reflecting on this and I had to ask the question, am I, do I believe God's willing, right? Do I believe he's willing mm. to, to heal me too? And so then that revealed something that I was struggling with and that I needed to, to release to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that practice, small passage of scripture, coming back to it over and over, I, I'm fine with the big read the Bible a year. If that's where you are and that helps you, great. But more often than not for me, just focusing in on one is how, is how I learn and grow. Um, some people have told me, well, I'm not a journaler or whatever I am because I like to, uh, write notes in the margin of every Bible or book. I read not just Bibles (laughs) and to me, they become my friend that way, but also in, uh, writing down my questions to God as I'm reading, I think that makes him more real. Do you find that you'll come across people say, well, I don't read uh, my Bible with a pen or I don't read my Bible for relationship. I write, I read it for information. How could you help someone like that? Well, I would recommend Lectia Divina. <laughs> like that's what I would say. Can you so, explain but, that real quick? Yeah. So basically this process, what you do is you read the passage, you reflect on the passage, uh, you remain with it, you let it sit with it for a little while. Um, and then you, you respond, uh, and then you, can, you return. And so you come back to it however many times. You, sometimes people will do this process in the morning and then come back to it at night and read the same passage again. I tend to be like months and months in one passage. So right wow. now it's been John 13, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Hmm. I go and I, and I read that. And when I, you know, for whatever reason, that is just speaking to me. I see Jesus throwing snide comments at Judas or, you know, um, washing the disciples' feet and Peter arguing with him or whatever it is, there's something that just draws me back into his message there for his disciples of service that's speaking to me right now. And so that's, I'm letting God just kind of work that through my heart. Um, you use the word remain and I'm working through John 15, one through 17. Yeah. So, so far just gotten through one through five, but uh, he uses that word abide and remain. How would you explain that to someone who wants to learn how to abide in Christ? Yeah. What's that mean to you? Well, for me, it means um, just sitting with it and thinking about it. You know, so if you, uh, for instance, like, with John 13, I might read it. Um, and then I might just ask my questions or see, notice what my questions are. And then I might just sit with them and I ask the Lord, like, what do you, what do you have for me in that today? And then just let my thoughts, let him direct my thoughts. I might write it down. If you're a journaler, you can do that. Um, I'm more of an imagination guy. So my mind will just wander. It'll go over, you know, all these different, different things. And then I'll focus on bringing them back into one thing as we go. Um, but just letting it, letting it percolate, you know, um, so many times, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you're thinking about, uh, something or you've read a passage of scripture and then all of a sudden an insight comes to you like in the shower or when you're driving or something, right. Mm-hmm. It's that's, that's what I would say it means to, to remain. You're, you're reading it enough that it's in the back of your mind, your brain is processing it. Your heart is kind of reflecting on it. 
no matter what you're doing. And I, I, I find that practice so much more helpful than a, I don't know, read the Bible in a, a year, whatever it is, that kind of a in-depth study that I, that I used to do, at least devotionally. Did you have to go uh, overcome any obstacles or face some challenges for you to, I think it would be an ongoing challenge to, to leave this kind of a legacy. I don't think it's, well, someone, well, Bob Goff said, faith is uh, simple, but it's not easy. And uh, I've heard other people long before Bob Goff say the same thing. And so what would you say to that where someone who's really struggling, what obstacles have you had to overcome so that you continue to lead this legacy of finding out who we are in Christ? Yeah. Well, the big obstacle to finding yourself in Christ is, um, is, is really the desert, right? It's that hard, those hard times. Um, you can fight them or you can wade your way through them. So that's really, I think the most difficult thing. So certainly the period after seminary for me, not getting involved in or not getting a job at a church was so hard. I mean, I remember times when I would leave, I left work one time. I was so mad. I was so just frustrated. I left work and sat on my car for like an hour. <laughs> like that was, that's not good. Um, doesn't, doesn't do well with your employer, but no. Um, but that's just where I was, you know, right. that's what I had to do. So yeah, absolutely. You have, you have to go through these kinds of uh, these challenges, but the, the key is what are you going to do with it? Right. Are you going to keep, you know, and I had to ask myself that question. Am I going to keep just being mad about it? Or am I going to go and ask God what's up with that? Like what, what's going to happen? This is why I love the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is so mad at God, right? He's like, mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm seeing. Right. And he goes and he wrestles with, with it with God. And he goes back over and over again. And it, it ends in one of the most beautiful Psalms of worship in the entire canon that we have. But that's because he talked to God. God doesn't condemn him. God mm-hmm. does. In fact, that's where we get the righteous will live by faith. And I think that's because Habakkuk came back over and over again saying, hey, wait, this is what I thought. That, you know, that's really the key to overcoming any kind of obstacle, I think. When I, I like to tell people that God is never surprised by our anger, our frustration, or our questions, because look at the Psalms. Right. And there's a lot of indignation there and a- anger and frustration, not just Job, but I'm, many, many in scripture. And I'm so appreciative of the fact that God put real people in the Bible because I'm a real person and I'm not a perfect person and I have questions and I don't like waiting. And when right. you said wade through them, I know you included the word wait. And yet that's where we learn the most is when we're wading through the muck. And I had uh, someone dear close to me recently say, well, I'm just muddling through. And, I, and then I had another person say, oh no, she's not supposed to muddle. She's supposed to pivot. And I thought, I don't think I could have said, you need to pivot right then. I don't think she would have reacted well. So how do you help someone who's just in the middle of the muddle? Just tell them just to keep talking to God. Is that what your answer would be? Yeah, it would be. And I, w- I would say, I'd probably show them this uh, practice of Lectio Divina and say, here's a passage that you can, you know, you can uh, do that with. Whether it is Habakkuk or it's a Psalm, you know, it almost at that point, I'm not, this passage may not even matter, right? It's sometimes it's just the, the taking the question and sitting mm-hmm. with God and seeing what happens. That's what I love about Habakkuk. He says, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to wait and see what kind of response I get. That's hmm. it, right? <laughs> no matter how long we have to wait. Yeah, we don't know, right? It could have been yeah. five minutes. It could have been five years. We mm-hmm. don't know. Oh, it doesn't say. It never says. I haven't read that recently. I need to go back. On, on paper, it looks like, oh, okay, it's easy for us to move on. We don't know how long he sat there 
and waited for God to respond. Now your two kids, you had two kids when you were in this model. Yeah. Uh, how do you, as they're emerging adults, they're all at different stages. How do you relate this legacy to them? Let's say when you have to discipline them. <laughs> well, we are very careful to always let our kids know that even, even if they're misbehaving, for instance, to let them know that, Hey, we, we still love them and that, uh, this is an opportunity to grow, not, um, you know, not just a, a punishment because they are bad. We're always very careful to kind of let them know, try to shape their identity as a result of whether it's punishment or, you know, correction or just failure, you know, like times right now, for instance, are hard, right? Trying right, to, right. they're all learning online. Oh my goodness. It's so <laughs> it's, hard. It's so hard for everybody. Yeah. I, I, I uh, have a tendency to want to fix things for my kids. I'm sure no other mother feels that way. <laughs> but know. I want them to be happy right now um, because it makes me happier. In fact, the other day a friend said, how are you? I go, I'm okay right now. And she goes, what do you mean right now? I go, well, right now my, my kids are happy today. Yeah. But I really didn't know that because they don't live here. But um, I don't really want to know all their problems because I can take it on myself. And they, our kids can become our identity. And, and it's, it's easy. You kind of get sucked into that. But then as they go away, you go, wait, who am I now? And so that's why we need to know that our identity is in Christ. Is there a spe specific, specific teaching or verse or passage? Let's say someone's listening today and they go, I know I'm a Christian, but what does it mean to find my identity in Christ? Can you help us with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the exact reference. I, I probably would point someone to Colossians. There's so much in Colossians um, about, about, about that. You know, I love Colossians too, where Paul's like, hey, look, don't let anybody look down on you because of what you celebrate or don't celebrate or what you do because you, you're a part of Christ. But um, certainly any of those epistles, I would say. Also, the other thing I look at, it's been coming to mind a lot lately is in Second Peter. He talks about participation in the divine nature. Right? Mm. You want to find your identity in Christ. There's this idea of participating with God. Evangelicals and, and most Protestants, we don't do, we're kind of afraid of that phrase. Why but, is that? Well, because it seems like, oh, are we getting, are we becoming God? I think is what the, sort of this, they're afraid of sort of a new age connotation to it. Oh, well, I don't that's think not, it means that way. That's not what oh. Peter's saying. No. He's saying we get to participate with the Lord. He inhabits us, right? And so, mm -hmm. If the spirit is in us, we are with him um, in whatever we do. He's we're participating. We have a responsibility to show up, but God's the one who's going to do the work. So, Oh, that's so good. A friend of mine recently said, uh, Sue, I'm not, I just feel so much more at peace at whatever I do because I'm joining in what God's already doing rather than me going, Hey Lord, would you come bless me? I'm about ready to interview Eric and I really need you to come bless me in this work, which I do. Yeah. What's the difference in your mind? Well, I think you bring, you have to bring your talents, gifts, and abilities, right? right? And you have to show up and do the best you can. So for an interview, like you have to, you know, you have your questions, right? You have to prepare. Um, I do the same thing when I interview somebody for, you know, podcast magazine or, or my show or whatever, uh, and do, do what you've learned to do, but then you also just depend on, on the Lord to kind of take it where you want it to go. And mm -hmm. so he, I pray the same thing as you do. I pray before every interview and I, and I just know that wherever we go, I'm going to let curiosity lead. I'm going to assume that that's where God is leading mm -hmm. us. 
there's somebody out there probably needs to hear this conversation. Yeah, that's so great. And if people want to follow uh, you and find more about Halfway There, I just think that's such a great title for your podcast. Why Halfway? Are you really halfway? Because I'm more like two thirds as uh, far as my age, but not necessarily my spiritual formation. Right. Well, so it's I two, love it. I, thank you. I it's two parts. One is a little hat tip to Bon Jovi because I'm kind of a hair band guy. Okay. Um, but also, I believe that uh, you can't exhaust the knowledge of an infinite God. And so that mm-hmm. no, no matter where we are, even in eternity, we're going to be learning about him. So we're always going to be on the journey. So that was my way of saying we're going to be on this journey forever. We're just, we're, we're learning. It's okay. Wherever you are, you know, I've interviewed people who are in that early stage of meeting Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they share that story and it's so beautiful. And I've interviewed people, uh, one lady I've interviewed, her name is Edith Leland. She was in her 90s. Um, and she, uh, she, like, she just exuded the love of God, right? Like mm-hmm. she just, she was in that stage of just loving like Christ. Everybody who talks to her, she has a YouTube channel, it's funny, but everybody <laughs> who talks to her um, knows it and they get that, they get that sense. And so mm-hmm. I love to see that, the whole gambit, right? That's, mm-hmm. But either way, we're all still only halfway there. We're all, so, yeah, and right. We can never come to the end of our knowledge of God, which I love because if we could figure him out, he would not be God. Right. Right. Any last wisdom you want to give our audience? This has been so power packed and I can't wait to send everybody to your podcast as well as uh, anything else that you have to offer. I'll put those, all those links in show notes, but is there any last minute wisdom that you want to leave with us? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Um, you know, I would say friends, wherever you are, just give yourself permission to be there. It's okay. Uh, to, if you're going through struggle, it's okay. God is there. If you're going through, um, good times and you're on the mountaintop, that's okay. God is there. Uh, if you're somewhere in between, which most of us are most of the time, it's okay because God is there as well. And Mm -hmm. he just look for him. Keep your eyes out. I guarantee you'll see him right around the corner. Wow. That is so encouraging. Thanks so much. We appreciate your, everything you had to say and your personality. And I just can't wait to share this in the months to come. Thank you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.